Bonjour, je suis le grand What is this for? Like in the middle of it? Yeah, in the middle. We're just going to put it in there like, hey, thanks for listening. Don't not, forget. We're to... not talking like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I refuse to make it sound like a commercial. Yeah. We just got to tell everyone that they need to follow us on social media at Pick Freaks on TikTok and Instagram and to give us five star rating. You can roast us, but don't give us less than five stars. Yeah. That's all we have to say. So just say that. Is there any, go. Yeah, if you're uh, language, you're listening, just cut what I said and put it on there. Method. Who cares? Muzzy now comes with four videos, two audios, a script book, parents' guide, a new exciting CD-ROM, plus this free bonus with your paid order. Hey, what up, Peak Freaks? It's your horny little heartbreaker, Kevin here. Thanks again to everyone who's been listening. If you are enjoying the pod, please make sure you like, subscribe, send us your underwear, all that good stuff. We are officially up to five five five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, and Tim Cook just emailed me thanking us for saving his company. Shout out to Bobby Bones, 22322, who left us a heartfelt review. Bobby said, good podcast if you are a fan of Twin Peaks. Wow, that says a lot. Couldn't do without you, Bobby. Anyways, this episode definitely takes Twin Peaks up a notch, so hopefully the uh, Peak Freaks did it justice. Let's do the damn thing. The weirdness was up by exponentially. Just a little bit weird. Now it's like, okay, this is a weird show. And we knew this was coming. You're expecting the weirdness, so now you're more like accepting it. At least that's how I feel. Where before I was like, what the fuck is going on? But now nothing's really surprising me, but I'm starting to actually catch on to more things. This this was also the first episode I was able to actually watch twice. So... I've watched it twice. I've watched it. I just crammed it again. And it's just like, it still doesn't make any sense. And there's still parts I don't remember. There's just a lot of like scenes that are just not, they occur. And then it's like, it all makes sense, but it's just kind of like broken apart. I guess we're all wearing an Indians, uh, Indians jersey. (laughs) Well, the sun that was hitting his head on the play uh playpen or whatever it was the little house he is still wearing his full get up chief suit so kevin's wearing a cleveland indians which are now the cleveland guardians jersey uh to uh honor (laughs) there you go honored honor that part of the show that's a perfect segue because we open up twin peaks episode two Peak Freaks, episode three, at the dinner with the horns. It was interesting in the opening scene where it was just completely silent. No music, nothing, until a moment happened. Like obnoxiously silent. They yeah, for very long. And then Uncle Jerry bust through, right? No, 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 not in my room. In here. In here. Jerry, back from Paris. Ben, what a nightmare. In my mind, it's not Uncle Jerry. It's Roman from Succession that busts in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. 
I was picturing more Sean Penn cross with the guy from Police Academy with the crazy voice. Like that guy, you know? <laughs> That's what he kind of looks like. Yeah. No, actually, after you said the Sean Penn thing, he's like clearly like a Sean Penn knockoff. But Sean Penn was a kid back then. That wasn't like this guy is. Maybe Sean Penn has copied this guy. I don't think so. Like Sean that? Penn was in, uh, he was Spicoli. And that movie oh. came out in like the mid 80s. No, Best that movie time. came out in the 90s, right? Best Times? No. Yeah, that's it's, like set in the, it's set in the, look it up. Chat it came TV. out in 1982. No way. That's when it's set. No. Oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I'm way off. Hey, no one's ever professionals here. <laughs> yeah. The best part was when he brought the sandwich in. Oh, wait, no, had... let's pull that up. Let's pull. Wait, wait, up. wait. <laughs> another Dennis. Not another trap. Hang on. Hang on. Dennis has the French sandwich that Jerry brought back from France. Play the scene. I'm going to eat the sandwich. <laughs> okay, yeah, second. eat it the same way they ate it. Yeah. <laughs> In the middle. This is the best damn sandwich I ever ate. It's a baguette with brie and butter. I had four of these damn things every day I was there. You gotta try this. Here, go ahead. Eat it. Go ahead. Mmm. 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 That is incredible, Jeff. When I texted you guys probably like five days ago, I was like, okay, you guys are going to love episode three because this is just like, we're like, these guys are just fucking animals. Have you ever eaten a sandwich like middle? <laughs> no. I feel mm. like ironically right. as a joke, I took maybe one or two bites, but then after that, that was it. I get why they do that though. Cause it's like, like if you're a deer eating a rabbit, you don't want to like get rid of the ears first. You're like, I'm just going to dig right into the best part right away. The sandwich is just brie and butter. It oh, sounds yeah. disgusting. Yeah. I think <laughs> is that a is that a French sandwich? Is that what they eat? What I got Not from that me. scene was how much his life is so boring and like his brother brings in the sandwich and it's something new and exciting that he is all jazzed up for. So we get to the next scene. So they go outside. They talk. No, before that, there's an interesting point where they talk to each other in like another room. And he goes, Two things Leland's daughter died, and the Dutch, or is it the Dutch? Norwegian, actually. The Norwegian backed out out of the deal. And I thought it was interesting. The guy was like, He didn't give a shit about Leland's daughter dying. He just cared about um, the Norwegians backing out. Kind of a little view into his personality i guess so yeah so they do that i agree though i have the same note like he's like the guy's just concerned with the fallen through deal um wait so then there is one more thing i want to show you here dennis because then they go out to the docks there's a new girl one-eyed jacks freshly scented from the perfume counter and you brother chair have a 50 50 chance of being first in line. <laughs> I like those ads. All work and no play make Ben and Jerry dull boys. 
why are their names Ben and Jerry? Oh shit! I didn't even realize. That. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that too. <laughs> All right, from here on out, we're calling them the Ice Cream Boys. <laughs> I had no idea. Does that exist back then? This is the problem with these shows. Yeah. You don't know what fucking existed. Ben and Jerry was uh, the cart the cartoon first. The, That's the Tom and Jerry. <laughs> Brother? Yeah, the Ben and Jerry's is the ice cream. Oh, founded in 1978. Yeah. I think there must be something to that then. That yep. David Lynch. He always <laughs> <Yeah>. gets it. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Always look to the scoops. But the reason that scene stuck out to me is that's clearly a Stanley Kubrick reference. And yeah. I was like, I know Dennis loves him. And I think he mentioned Tarantino in the first episode or second episode. But I was like, I now that I think about it, I think he was meant to say Kubrick. Because this is like very Kubrick. It does have very similar vibes to Eyes Wide Shut of like just weird strangeness that doesn't seem connected at all. And then at even at the end, you're like, I don't get it. Let me and look also it up like a little bit horny. A little bit horny. Yeah. It's like a combination of Eyes Wide Shut and The Shining. Because The Shining has like... Yeah. Oh, and you've seen The Shining, right? Yeah. Next thing you know, we show up and Donna's parents go to bed. They're leaving and her and James are alone. Well, they ask, they're like, are you going to church in the morning? Mm-hmm. Later on the episode, then they go like I saw they mentioned seeing her at church or something like that. So I, I didn't get it, but that's two connection points. Yeah. The only good part I got out of that is like, man, I'm so glad that I don't have to go to church anymore. <laughs> so I'm so used to going to church all the time. I was like, that yeah. it gave me very slight anxiety, but like instant relief, just thinking like, oh, that's not something that's part of my life. So sometimes I do remember like on a Sunday, like, holy shit. I remember laying in bed until like 10 o'clock, acting like I was sleeping. So my parents be like, oh, he's sleeping. We're not going to church. At 10 <laughs> yeah, oh my, all the time. And then they bust in. They say you're going to the noon mass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, about so going like noon <laughs> now is like my day's over. Absolutely. All right, Kev. We can move on from churches and go on to the brothel where they end up at. Uh, the brothers go to the casino. The one brother says, I didn't come to lose my shirt just to take it off. And I'm like, I'm not the type of guy who's excited to take his shirt off. So, Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, that's a joke, right? Uh, I guess there is a point in my life where I was excited yeah, but, to take my shirt off. I've seen you take your shirt off more than I've seen myself in the mirror take my shirt, my shirt off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess there was. Yeah, like when you're really drunk, you take your shirt off. I guess so, yeah. So I guess I do get excited about my body sometimes. But nowadays, I'm not a big fan of taking it off. So I'd like that on record. Uh, the two brothers, they order double scotches on the rocks. And uh, the Jerry? Another J. Oh, shit. That is another J. Good point. Good point. So the other J orders two double scotches on the rocks and he says one at a time yeah he says next stop rocket science and i was, <laughs> I was like that's awful that was just not even funny yeah i wrote i wrote that down too and i had no clue what he was talking about is he talking about boners no i no. think it was just rocks 
no 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 because the girl he ordered one he's like can i get one scotch in the rocks and then can i also get another scotch in the rocks and the girl goes oh you mean two scotches in the rocks and he's like next stop rocket science like the girl's gonna be a rocket science scientist oh like she just handled that order so well like she's a genius for knowing that one scotch in the rocks plus another scotch in the rocks equals two scotch in the rocks oh uh, i get it you're right <laughs> dennis is our smart friend like you have to <laughs> lean into him because that is i i really thought about that line too i just thought it was like oh on the rocks on the rocks <laughs> rocket science <laughs> I I like that better almost. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe David Lynch is as dumb as me, and he's just like <laughs> his like original script says. Next up, Scotch science. <laughs> <laughs> so then our next scene is Cooper returns to his room at the Great Northern and receives a phone call from Deputy Hawk. Do they not go into like all the like the the prostitutes at the brothel? Is that after? The fandom does not, but I do have a couple notes about it. So, yeah, like, there's so split. many sheets everywhere. There's sheets over everything, just like drapes, sheets. I don't know. Bugged me. Oh yeah, I hated it. So, but did you notice? I feel like the girl, the girl that he picked, looked kind of like Laura Palmer, the new girl. Exactly. It was a big, it was a big thing. But I think that isn't that Laura Palmer's sister because they mentioned some girl at the perfume counter. But Laura, is it Laura Palmer? Have a sister. Someone else was working at the perfume counter. Ronette, Ronette oh. was working at the perfume counter. So they oh. both mentioned that. And then the new girl at the perfume counter is the new prostitute that comes out. That looks like Laura Palmer. Yeah. I think they're kind of implying that this guy had sexual relationships with Laura Palmer. Like she was in this brothel for whatever reason. For sure. Because I have like many notes about that. Because yeah. Because the yeah. perfume counter, like as I learned from watching that part, is clearly like a gateway to working at this brothel. Yeah, perfume counter equals slut. Um, so now we're at Bobby and Mike go out to the woods to pick up a supply of cocaine from Leo. Cash on delivery, Bobby. <laughs> I just, I love Leo. How long is he standing there with the flashlight just waiting anxiously? Like, I can't wait to fucking shine this on my face and like be like, <laughs> cash on delivery, Bobby. No, I had the cash on delivery note as well. It's just like, also, what, what was the, I mean, I guess I get the point, but Leo thinks he's being such a troll by putting it in a football because Bobby's <laughs> the quarterback. Yeah. It was so un unnecessary for him to do that. Yeah, it's like who's gonna walk by there and be like, "Oh, it's just a football <laughs> jammed into a stump." Like, I won't touch that. I guess <laughs> ten times out of ten, I'd pick up the football before I pick up a little plastic bag yeah. <laughs> under a rock. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's all worth it. Um, who do you think that guy is standing there? <laughs> well, we got we haven't gotten to him, but no, we haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, yeah. What? Did they just showed him. No, did they, they didn't. Yeah. 
behind the tree. And they said, he goes, who's that? Oh, how did we miss that? So my hunch is that Zorro. Do you know Zorro? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. he's working the case too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. But no, I, I absolutely have no clue who that is. I yeah, think it's, it's Detective, uh, what's his name? Carson? Oh, Who's is Leo? Is Leo a uh, informant? Oh, and Leo. You think he'd go that man. deep, or he's like, "I'm gonna beat this fucking girl with a sock." <laughs> I got. He's got to play the part. You can't. You can't give up. Give Come it on, up, Dennis. So. You've never worked a nine to five. <laughs> You're like, I'm doing it's, something that I know isn't necessary, but I just got to get the paycheck. Yeah. You're a truck driver I, in the '90s. The cops looked the other way at that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> so yeah. I'm. He's a method actor, just day in day out playing the role of this guy <laughs> but uh should we watch the bobby football scene we do have to keep this moving we're running really late yes go okay sure you will man and this other thing hell we'll take care of that don't you worry about that we'll get the cash and everything will be square <laughs> go for a pass what Go out for a pass. Okay, just leave. Just run. Just, just take it easy. Run! You take it easy, man. Run! Take it easy. Damn it! I'm done, Bobby. Let's get the hell out of here. Hell of a throw. It was a hell of a throw in the in the middle of a Yeah, so it had to be like a fucking missile just unless he threw it way over the trees and it landed straight down, or it had to be like doom, like a missile straight. All right, so who's the goat? Tom Brady, <laughs> LeBron, Leo. I mean it's Leo. Well, we've seen Leo swing, we've seen him throw. <laughs> Seem to see him dance next and might be an EGOT guy. Okay, with greasy hands, Ed goes inside his home. Wait, what? What were those moves you guys were just doing? What okay. moves? This is an audio podcast. Keep it moving. With greasy hands, Ed goes inside his home as Nadine exercises. He accidentally trips on one of her drape runners, upsetting her to the point where she bends her exercise machine. Have you ever, when's the last time you opened? I feel like this happens to me pretty often where you open up, have to open a door handle like this. It's one of the hardest <laughs> things to ever do, like with your palms only. It's very true. You have to kind of put your whole entire body turned sideways yeah. to try to get it to go because you can't get enough leverage on the actual door handle. Yeah. Okay. Well, my next note is that eye patch lady, kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> She's very I, fit. All right, so just to keep moving things along, we show up to the uh, crime scene with Cooper, and there's a bunch of stacked donuts on the table, and they are <laughs> in the woods, which is like a pretty cool scene. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. says it's damn good coffee, but he spits it out before he drinks it. Another loogie. 
<laughs> it is another loogie. They're obsessed with with spitting, horniness, and I don't know what else. Those no, I, I think there's something to that, like the like the spitting out, because like it was a damn good cup of coffee, but he still spit it out. I still think there's something there. I just, yeah, that's strange. I think the coffee is just a metaphor for like the town and how he's slowly coming to realize like it's not what you think. And he's like, his brain still thinks it's a good town, but his body's like physically reacting to it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Like it, it seems sweet at taste, but like it's too much to handle. Yeah. Um, or maybe he's just like on a loop of like what he's supposed to be like. And then now it's yeah. like kind of break breaking. Shit. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. So it's just like, how many times can I say that? That was the third damn good cup of coffee, right? Yeah. He's on a loop and maybe. he's doing the rec recording in the like tape player. No, right it's like yeah and the patterns of three it's like the rule of three so like on the third thing something new needs to happen because that establishes a pattern so yeah like maybe that was the one where he's like hmm let's continue because uh that's where lucy serves a lawman some coffee and cooper presented them with the uh tibetan method which entailed him to throwing stones at a bottle for each name, starting with a J. Because I didn't realize how many names of the J there were. So I think that's worth watching. Oh, yeah. Harry, when I give the word, would you please read aloud each of the names I've written on the blackboard? Okie doke. Deputy Hawk, stand over here and hold this bucket of rocks up near me where I can get to them. It's almost like this guy know, doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, but he also knows what he's doing the same time and all the people are complicit with him all the small town people so they don't know what the fuck they're doing they're just putting all their faith in this guy and it's like maybe he actually doesn't know what he's doing and he thinks he's like some fucking genius we don't we i mean really have no backstory on this guy we just kind of know he goes in he he claims there was another murder but we don't know if he solved it so who knows what's going on with him yeah, I still like to think of that we have to question his credentials, that he's even yeah. an FBI agent, that he's just coming in here and misleading all these people while something bigger is going on. And yeah. I don't know. They just have someone that got lucky with his J thing where he actually broke a bottle when he threw the rock at it. And I don't know. It was yeah. enough to probably keep people being like, oh, shit, he's onto something better than what we had. And so he, he nicks the bottle on Dr. Jacoby. And then he breaks it on Leo Johnson. Correct. Which we know Leo's like a cool guy. That guy can do. No yeah. So yeah, he why didn't would do it. Break it. Him? No, he did do it. He did. He did being the coolest guy on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Laura was involved with Leo. Like, come on. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. He's guilty. He's guilty of being the goat. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, from there. We go on to a scene at the diner where the two girls that I think look almost identical with the one girl looking kind of hotter are talking. And I'm learning is slowly important is that double R diner is important because think about double R, like what was under her fingernail. Oh. Yeah. And I'm only learning this because I'm reading you it. Read some oh, yeah. 
are under the fingernail. Remember the least important clue that we came yeah. across so far? No, remember, Dennis, the retarded <laughs> which we're not doing anymore. Yeah. Two hard R's is the name of the bot. That makes sense. Um, yeah, so then Audrey Horn, the daughter of Ben, walks into the Double R Diner where she talks to Donna, revealing the crush she has on Agent Cooper. She also asks if Laura ever spoke of her father, then begins to distance. And it's weird because the fandom doesn't mention the dancing. Oh, yeah. Like the worst, she has also just like the worst music of all time. Well, and the yeah. music, I'm like, this is just the background music of the show. Like, this is not a song. Audrey's music taste is ass. It's Pink Panther with excited horns because it just has random blasts of horns every once in a while. I think that's what yeah. you're trying to say is the exciting part. All right. Well, the one thing I was trying to figure out was when she's like talking about her, the way she likes her coffee. No. So I wrote this down. Like Audrey says, Agent Cooper loves coffee, but Agent Cooper likes his coffee black. So, like, there's clearly, like, a love interest between those two, Agent Cooper and Audrey. But, like, she clearly knows something about him. And I think it's going to come down to, like, oh, Agent Cooper is in love with a black female. <laughs> I really do. I really do. <laughs> like, I think it's, like, that's a clear metaphor. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. I, I guess may, maybe. Like, I don't think that's something that was so much back then. But I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong for your sake. <laughs> hope I'm wrong for humanity's sake. She's just trying to impress Agent Cooper. So she's trying to be, she, she orders her coffee just black, just to drink it like how Agent Cooper does. And I think that's it. I think it's just, so she's trying to be, oh. trying to I don't know, relate with Agent Cooper. Like, like, so I didn't realize that, Owen, you're genius. Uh, I, wait, I yeah, hear. right after Agent Cooper's black girlfriend walked behind <laughs> the restaurant through the window. I didn't I didn't catch on that, Owen. Good job. There's something about this, though, with like Agent Cooper being uh, where she's so weird. The other girl was looking at her like, what's wrong with you? Like something is, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to get at. It's just something is just funky. Like she's almost hypnotized by it. Something by like Cooper. that. Uh, wait, before we get to the next scene, I just want to ask you guys about, do you remember the scene? So after Ed goes to his wife's home covered in it, he goes back to the diner and he talks about like, I'm in the doghouse again. Won't be the last time, but I'm in that doghouse again. So there is a moment in there where I was like, Ed is kind of like some clear Western character. Like he's kind of like the, uh, oh, John Wayne. So I do think Ed is going to come out of this series winning. Do you guys feel that way at all? No. Actually, I didn't have one thought about him. I don't even know who you're talking about. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. I do remember him saying that, but I'm like, I didn't think 
there's John Wayne. He's going to come out and win it. Honestly, the only time I caught that was the third time watching it through. So it just like seemed like an unnecessary scene. So I just like kind of wrote it off and I didn't yeah. write a note about it until five minutes before we podcasted. But I just Dude, it is hard watching the show like more than once because you're like, does that mean something? No, and that like all of a sudden, like that scene meant everything to me. I was like, oh, like this is clearly the hero of the show because like he's the John Wayne. He just walks in and he even busted through the diner like he was like oh. into a saloon. Shit. Yeah, like it does. You like like Take westerns, it. right? You've seen westerns. Yes. <laughs> that is select A. If you like westerns, yes. <laughs> yeah. Alexa, play western. <laughs> Good retard. Good retard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, harder, harder, harder. Okay, so this is the. All right, we're really close to the end. We need it. We need to get there. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the next scene is. You are so unprepared, Kevin. <laughs> I spent so much time before these. So Cooper and Truman examine a bloodied rag found near the crime scene. Okay. And then this new agent, Albert, arrives immediately. Oh, shit. Yeah. Which is fascinating because it, like, kind of validated our theory about Agent Cooper being irrelevant, just like a random person, because he clearly has, like, a team behind him. Yeah. Well, I do, like how the sheriff stands up to him and then adrian cooper is cool with it so the guy walks in basically like big dick where he's like this is the most shit show scene i've ever district or department i've ever seen and the guy's like if you weren't part of this i'd punch you square in the face and then agent cooper is like yeah man good job that made me like agent cooper no it made me like agent cooper too because it's like okay agent cooper's kind of a douche and then like a bigger douche walks in from the FBI and it's like, it kind of humanizes him and makes you. I don't think agent Cooper's a douche at all. You get a douche vibes from him. Uh, He's just like kind of robotic. And I think it's just like, you need like a humanizing level. Like, Oh, okay. We have this like Harrius Truman. Who's like the most humanistic guy you've ever seen. And then agent R Cooper, who's kind of a robot. And then, but he's great. He's just the happiest guy. Yeah, he's very into his job. So I don't know. I think Agent Cooper is the opposite of a robot. I think he's just experiencing emotions at at the time, and like has he doesn't care about. He's just like in the moment of like things. I wonder if Kevin saying he's robotic because he just keeps doing the same things over and over again. It's just like. Like, I think he's very, like, idiosyncratic, but, like, he's not a normal person. And then this guy is just, like, the opposite of him. Like, oh, I'm not a normal person, but I'm also, like, a mean human being. I don't know. Agent Cooper might also be seeing this, like, trip as, like, a vacation. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so where we go from there is Ed returns home, and an overjoyed Nadine tells him that he had gotten grease on her cotton balls, creating the silent drape runner she had been trying to achieve. I have no thoughts on it. I'm happy she figured it out, and I'm just like ready to move on, see if she has anything else to contribute to the show. Well, it was interesting if you notice in those two scenes with her, they both she starts both with 
screaming Ed's name in like the same fashion. But one, she's really pissed at him, and one, she's really happy with him. And it's just like, fuck, that's stressful for that guy. Yeah, and Ed Ed acted the same way on both. Yeah. Like he did something wrong. Yeah. John Wayne, I call him. I'm telling you, you're going to go back on that scene and you're going to realize like the Western metaphor. And I think this guy's going to come out of it on top. But so we're really close to the end. Congrats, guys. On top of who? Nadine, is that someone? (laughs) (laughs) Um, At Blue Pine Lodge, Pete and Catherine discuss Agent Cooper's presence at their home earlier in the day. When Catherine is briefly away, Pete slips Josie a key to the safe containing the mill's ledger. Josie gets into the safe and finds that there are two ledger books. I don't remember any of this. It like meant nothing. Yeah. Are you in the right episode? I do remember this. So basically they're finding out is like there's one book, there's two set of accounting books. Like one must be. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he opens like a safe and he's like holding two books that are the same. Yeah, they're showing that they're committing fraud at the lumber mill. Did that mean anything to you? Because like I literally like that scene I've watched two times and it just like nothing struck out about it. I think it's just probably hold on to for your back pocket for future reference. Yeah, they're cooking the books at the mill. Yeah, they're cooking the books at the mill. Okay, because my only two notes were like. The fish took a liking to my percolator. Yeah. <laughs> that seems so like you, a sitcom or uh, not a sitcom. A um, never mind. Podcast? No. Uh, improv? Improv, yeah. Was the percolator thing part of the plan? Oh. Yeah, so maybe. like it's like that's not random. Or maybe the girl did it to get him out of there? Yeah, like that. No, I don't think the percolator Ooh. thing. Yeah, because he was shocked about it. That yeah, like how did that get in there? And then, and it doesn't make sense logically like that. It is kind of crazy how much coffee is involved in the show. All right, so like we we can agree like this is probably an important scene that I don't want to dissect into anymore. So now we are in the two most pivotal scenes. A distressed Leland puts on a record and picks up a photo of Laura. He turns oh. around in circles with it, screaming until Sarah comes in distressed. She tries to take the picture from him, and then they end up breaking the frame. Leland smears blood on the photograph. a lot of like finger snapping going on i thought it was very weird when they put on the record he was snapping his fingers for oh. it to, like go the guy's on like bereavement and he's wearing like a full-on fucking suit middle of like evening no way that's <laughs> very true i was trying to think of what bereavement was so my only note on that scene before we get to the last scene and we've ended up recovering i don't know if our episode is that strong but i think i can cut it down pretty good and we'll make it funny guys say something funny really quick laura palmer's 
<laughs> we need to move on to the next scene. We'll find something funny from that. But uh, anyways, yeah. So the jazz music at Laura and her dad's party kind of rocks. That was pretty sick. 16, that, what do they say? 1600. I don't know, but it's just like some cool like jazz music and I'm into it. Kind of bright in his living room for the evening. And then I think we should get a clip of uh, Cooper's crazy dream here. We thought it'd be fun to actually look back and put together the top 10 dunks from this decade, okay? So starting from 2000. <laughs> I don't have a lot of time. Our top 10 dunks of the decade <laughs> so what? far. And we start at number 10, that makes sense, but it's DeMar DeRozan. Oh, yeah. With what? Is there a Twin Peaks the reference in here? No, let's uh, hang on one second, sorry. That would be sweet if there was. <laughs> yeah. Darkness of future past, the magician longs to see one chance out between two worlds. Fire, walk with me. I've got good news. <laughs> That's the mule is going to come back in style. Yeah. yeah so the whole time i knew that was coming you know watching the series <laughs> did really? you actually no no why would i <laughs> okay so there's something with this where they are talking backwards so it's just like the 70s 60s 70s where there's all those musicians that were purposely putting out messages in their songs that if you pay their yeah. record backwards it says something oh, so that's part of it so there's probably something in the show that is said like in code that if you do it backwards or something it's going to be like oh shit this backwards means like who did it or something along those lines so yeah. i i agree with you but i also disagree with you because i wrote <laughs> down every because like he's clearly talking backwards and he'll say like lights are rock and like i looked up like what is let's rock backwards and it means nothing no i'm not saying what he said i'm saying other things like yeah. damn that's a good cup of coffee backwards right yeah i think you're right owen i think the... there's going to be something that comes down later that's backwards it, in his dreams he's almost thinking backwards so yeah it's like he's gonna start thinking of other words that are backwards I, yeah i think you're right yeah. on that's a good so idea. You think i don't know a... it also just might make it so it sounds weird because it's a dream so it might absolutely mean nothing but... no i honestly think you nailed it because like people when did the show come out the 1990s like we are at least a quarter smarter than them so like all the content we have seen is like a quarter smarter than what they were writing so well i just think so many shows have taken from this this was kind of like the first of his time yeah 
they have yeah. this crazy dream sequence that you're watching you're like what the fuck is happening this doesn't make any sense and like to us this isn't that crazy like this is like okay it's that kind of show oh and i think you're so right i think like okay so this tiny person is speaking backwards and like if you look it up he's clearly like none of it is reversed and makes sense but like maybe the detective is like thinking backwards he's gonna rewind his tape player yeah play tape player backwards he's probably gonna say something in it and rewind it and it's gonna say it yeah do you think that girl looked like laura I'd assume so. I have no <laughs> clue what Laura looks like. Just any blonde girl, they're like, oh, that's probably that. Yeah. That's probably her. Whenever I see that Laura like actually <laughs> act, I'm like, this girl seems so out of it. Like she seems like the worst actor, just because I like to picture her dead. Why do you think they show the old the guy is old? Like, I don't really get that. He was too hot during the normal show, so they need to make him look like older and crappier. <laughs> yeah i don't know that is good because like that we know that there's like in hindsight we know that there's at least a movie coming out three years later we know that there's another series coming out 29 years later so it's just like maybe like they always plan that no fucking way no way they planned this, 29 years we're gonna release this 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 show had big dreams I, I i it's almost like i think it was supposed to represent like it's not in the moment he's in like oh it's almost like oh this isn't him actually sitting there sort of thing this is like him because he meant he mentions the dalai lama so i don't know something with that I, I i agree with that like i think it's just like okay this isn't a current dream this is like like when you dream at night like you don't just have like seven coherent dreams together like you have like oh i'm here i am fucking the dalai lama here i am like riding the wicked twister at cedar point so it's just like these might just all be a part of like a series of dreams he has i do like how disturbing they made like just like the guy shaking dude that guy when i first watched it i was like this is literally terrifying me and i was like scared i was like i don't think i could keep watching this now i think it's funny because it went full circle where it's terrifying then he talked weird and it like lightened it up and then his dancing made it me like laugh so that was the guy where i was like oh and like don't take a gummy before watching this that was (laughs) yeah Yeah. i would have been an absolute nightmare i wouldn't have been able to do it it is interesting like he was kind of dancing like laura does in the in the her video and then um the oh snapping. i didn't even think about the video comparison and then the snapping part too that you guys mentioned that uh detective does at the end he's like this can wait till the morning yeah, he's a lot like, of snapping the dance snapped the little guy dance snapped <laughs> It probably honestly means fucking nothing because there's so much shit in this show to try to dissect that you just like mislead you in every small way. And the like the smallest strand is going to be the thing that connects everything. I agree. All right. So to wrap this up, what my takeaway is like the weirder the episode, the harder it is to be funny about it. (laughs) Like we're Uh, all 
I thought we were gonna kill it today. No, I agree. Dear Lord, that was rough. <laughs> it was rough, and I think I can patch this together into like maybe a six-minute podcast. Yeah, dude, you throw some like fart noises in there. <laughs> 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 What is this for, like, in the middle of it? Yeah, in the middle, we're just going to put it in there like, hey, thanks for listening, don't forget. We're not talking like that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I refuse to make it sound like a commercial. You just got to tell everyone that they need to follow us on social media, at Pick Freaks on TikTok and Instagram, and to give us five-star rating. You can roast us, but don't give us less than five stars. Yeah, That's all we yeah. have to say. So just say that. Is there Seven, any, go. Yeah, if you're, uh, you're listening Just cut what I said and put it on there. Who cares? Muzzy now comes with four videos, two audios, a script book, parent's guide, a new exciting CD-ROM, plus this free bonus with your paid order.